Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. An elegant weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. The time has come. Join hands as we bring together our mystic powers. Cobra attack! Cherry Dye's Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here. I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 149. My name is Ross Jedi J, the Jedi Ross. Please excuse me while I flick on my bick for a moment. <coughs> ah, delicia. Welcome back, kids. Hope you severely enjoyed part one of our Motor City Comic Con extravaganza. It was a right jolly romp through Artist's Alley. We talked to some amazing and talented individuals. I strongly encourage you to go to anelegantweapon.ca, click the links on the names of these individuals, and experience their work for yourselves. Fantastic stuff. Uh, It was a really good time. But now we shall keep this party rolling. We're moving on to part two of Motor City Comic Con, and we have something very, very special for you this time around. Anyone out there who is a regular listener of this show may very well be aware of the entity that is Dirk Manning. Oh, yeah. Dirk Manning is a writer. Dirk Manning is an inspirer. Dirk Manning is a motivator, and Dirk Manning is just a hell of an awesome guy. Uh, Dirk, at many cons, including Motor City every year, puts on a panel uh, based on his book, Right or Wrong, A Guide to Writing Comic Books. Uh, He is also the author of Nightmare World, uh, The Tales of Mystery, with our artist friend Seth DeMoose. He has also written for Bleeding Cool, Newsarama, blah, blah, blah. He writes a whole bunch. Uh, And he has been known to inspire many others to pick up the pen as well, which you may in fact be inspired to do after listening to this panel. Now, a little bit of a twist on the right or wrong panel is that Dirk included a moderator this time around, which he usually does not because Dirk does just fine talking all by himself. But uh, he thought it'd be a fun time, and I was very, very honored for that moderator to in fact be me. Little old me. So Dirk and I have gotten to be pretty good friends over the little time that we've known each other. I think he's just an incredible individual. Uh, Whether you're into writing or not, uh, he has some very inspirational advice for whatever art you may be involved in. There's lots of things that he talks about that can be applied to 
any of your passions or creative endeavors, kids. So uh, I hope you all get something really cool out of this panel because I absolutely did myself. Uh, other than the f- sweet, fresh smell of cream soda. That is right, kids. The Fago Incident. You shall enjoy and experience the Fago Incident. And, uh, yeah, you'll hear what that's all about. But either way, it's fantastic turnout for this panel. Lots of really good people who are very involved. And Dirk, of course, as always, was just fantastic. So, without further ado, adieu, uh, Dirk Manning and I doing a panel talking about Fago, comic books, writing, uh, pouchoir, and a few other things. So... Here we go. Right or wrong. Motor City Comic Con 2015 with Mr. Dirk Mann. How y'all doing? If anybody just... Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Really? <laughs> really hot. It is hot. How you doing? Yeah. Yeah, right. You can't, we can't let... It could be a long hour if we I let understand. that go. <laughs> I understand. If anybody just sat through the podcasting panel, I promise I am going to let Dirk talk. Okay? Uh, but that was a good time. If anybody hung out there, we just had a blast. And uh, I hope it helped anybody who's interested in getting into podcasting. Speaking of podcasting, my name's Jay. I do a podcast called An Elegant Weapon uh, out of Toronto, actually. I just said that like an American, too. That was nice. Yeah. Toronto. Well, I'm getting... See, in Canada, the second T is silent. It's Toronto. But, you know, I, I try to... I, Toronto. I, I went in Rome, right? That's right. Uh, I, I've had a guest once or twice on my podcast, uh, an individual named Dirk Manning. That's this guy. But thank you. Is anybody completely unaware of who Dirk Manning is? A little, a little bit. bit. That's all right. That's, uh, be all honest. Right. I'm going to allow Dirk to explain who the hell he is. I'm Dirk Manning. Good times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah, well, thank you all for coming out. My name is Dirk Manning. I am a comic book writer and creator. And uh, this panel, we're actually doing something a little bit different um, than I initially planned. You, you are a part of history right now. I have never had a moderator on a panel. And uh, I've been on Jay's show, An Elegant Weapon, Two or three times. Two or three times. Yeah. And Jay came down from Canada. A. A. Right on, and, A. Uh, he, was, he was crying into his little bat's blue last night, and he's like, <laughs> you know, uh, I've always wanted to moderate a panel at Motor City. And I said, well, why don't you come on and moderate mine? And he's like, oh, Dirk, we know you don't need to know moderating my panel. Well, that's Irish. What was that? <laughs> we were at that Scottish place. Yeah, we were at that Scottish place. We were at that Telted Celt last night. I don't know if anyone's ever been there. Scottish Hooters. You walk in like, oh my God. Yeah. But anyway, but no. And he goes, he goes, come on, man, Dirk. Let's be honest. You don't need a moderator. You talk for an hour easily. And I said, well, no, this will be cool. So I am very happy and honored. Uh, I've been on, Jay's one of the best interviewers I know. Oh, I agree. And uh, how many of you out there are aspiring writers or practicing writers? I'm going to tell you something right now, right off the bat, and this is a, a real plug, not a cheap plug. 
the big major, your Newsaramas, Bleeding Cool, I've written for Newsarama. Anyone familiar with the old right or wrong column at Newsarama, bounced over to Bleeding Cool, produced a book? Anybody? Yeah, all right. Couple. Right. When you're getting started, Newsarama and Bleeding Cool and comic book resources and stuff like that will not cover you. They won't. And that's not to say you're not good. It's that they won't cover you because they're busy covering the 5,000 event comics that Marvel and DC Comics do. They're busy pissing off Greg Capullo. Right. Well, he can say that. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Greg Capullo's got arms as big as my legs. <laughs> but no, I mean, they're not going to cover you. And they're not going to cover your work. Who will talk to you is podcasts. Because they're always looking for people to talk to and things like that. Because obviously without people to, you know, talk to, they don't have a show. So one of the first things right off the bat I would encourage everyone is start looking around for comic-based podcasts and things like that. Elegant Weapon out of uh, Canada is a, a phenomenal podcast. Jay's one of the best interviewers I've ever talked to. Like the Snake Oil Comics guys uh, were here earlier. I brought my, I wanted to represent Michigan. I don't drink beer, but uh, Rock and Rye. Yeah. Clown Love Juggalo. So yeah, whoop, whoop. Sorry, what is this, Fago? You've never had Fago? Sorry. Here. Do I, really? Yeah. Really? I'm drink it. Really yeah, drink it, man. Watch out! Oh! I really didn't know that was going to happen. I swear to God. It's all right. It mostly got on the equipment, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it is like ICP here. Then we just got to do this. And just gotta... Wow, I'm sorry. That was the, uh, I, I was, I was, I was never on an elegant weapon ever again after that. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I can be sticky. Go on. Hold on. So, we, we've got to try I'm it. Try now. it. We went through that, right? Slow. Yeah. See, in, in, in America, the, the, the pop or something, and it's pop. It's pop. We're in Michigan. It's pop. No one asked you. But um, soda or pop is fizzy. And I didn't know you were going to open it that quickly. I I've would have never said, opened anything that exploded in my face. So, oh, so this is rock and rye. It's completely indescribable. It's probably warm. Oh, it's like cream soda. Yeah, it's like a cherry cream soda. Kind yeah, of. like cream soda crush kind of. It's very yeah, good. Do you like it? I enjoy it. All right, you're good. You're one of us. It. Google <laughs> gobble, Google gobble. One of us, one of us. <laughs> He's going to say the T, the second T in Toronto now. Awesome. I, I hear, hear. No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm just drunk enough that we don't got to worry about it. Wipe that off. Wipe that off. So, um... <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> the last time I had a moderator at a panel as well. <laughs> um, but, um... Let's talk about writing. Yeah, yeah, but, but like, drunk on comics as well, you know. These are guys that are right out here out of Michigan, things like that. They'll talk to you. But don't just go up to a podcast and say, hey, talk to me, I'm important. Get to know people, check out their podcasts, see what they do. Don't be afraid to give uh, to, to provide them like samples of your work and stuff like that. That's key. Ma yeah, that's key. That's Make key. connections at shows and things like that, and uh, and go from there. I can wipe it off your lap. Thanks. There you go. But yeah. <laughs> see, I, I I met Dirk through Drunk on Comics and getting to know them and coming down to Motor City and being introduced to what is Dirk Manning. Then from there... What, what is Dirk Manning or who is Dirk Manning? I think it's a what. That's fair. I think it's an entity unto itself. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's when I started reading Tales of Mystery uh -huh. and saw that there was actually substance behind this. So absolutely he's right. Uh, we're always looking for new interesting stuff to talk to people about. So 
Yeah. And um, so what we're going to talk a little bit here is um, the writing process. I actually gave Jay a copy of the notes, things like that. And I want to talk about going from scripts to writing and things like that. Um, and definitely get time to answer your questions about the writing process. But let me just tell you a little bit about me, and then I'm going to bounce it over to Jay, and he'll ask interesting questions even though I just, uh, I just, I, I ICP'd you is what just happened. <laughs> They're like these rapping clowns. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, familiar. okay, you're looking at me like, really? Like, no, that's no, a thing. That, that, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, that is a um, thing, isn't it? I started writing in, in about 2002, and I started with uh, a comic series called Nightmare World. And uh, what I did with Nightmare World was uh, I was in a situation I think a lot of you are probably in. I know I could write. I know I could write. I, I knew. I mean, you know, I, 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 if you don't believe in yourself, who will, right? <laughs> but I knew I had a very, very difficult time finding artists to work with. And just real quick, how many artists do we have? Do we have any artists in here? Okay. And then writers? Both? You suck. <laughs> no, I mean, that's great. Let's work together sometime. The double deuce. Um, I can't draw. I can't even draw a crooked line. I mean, I just can't. And uh, what happened was, when I was getting started, I, I realized pretty early on, if you want any chance of having artists work with you, you have to start small. We all have a big, giant, epic story we want to tell. I do, everyone does. But if you ask an artist, hey, you know, I got this great idea for like this, like 100 issue, you know, space pirate ninja Fago ICP comic, <laughs> they're going to go and be gone. And they'll quit answering your emails. And they won't text you back. They won't LOL with you. And they won't be your BFF. And you'll be like, man, artists always be tripping and flaking out, yo. It's not that they're tripping, not literally tripping. No, like in, in Canada, they probably, that means, in the USA, that means like they're like... It's been a few years. Okay. But yeah, I got you. Okay, good. I want to make cray, sure. right? Isn't that the American term? Cray? What? Oh, cray-cray? Cray-cray, yeah. Cray -cray. Artists be cray-cray. Well, it, it's that when you're working with an artist, it's kind of like dating. And I use this analogy, you wouldn't walk up to the prettiest girl or a guy, I'm not going to judge, whatever you like, in the bar and say, hey, you are really attractive. Will you marry me? <laughs> now, if that ever works for you, let me know. I want to know how you did it. But you want to start small. So when you're working with artists and you're approaching them, you want to start small. So what I did with, what I did with Nightmare World was I wrote short stories. And I wrote short stories based on what I saw that the artists were drawing already. Uh -huh. So like, for example... You kind of reverse engineered it almost. Yeah, you know, like, like if Jay's an artist and I see him drawing a lot of dragons on his DeviantArt page or whatever, and I'd say, hey man, if I could type it out, dear Jay, not like, what up dog, holler back. Uh, I'd say, yeah, yeah, I see you're drawing a lot of dragons. Uh, if I happen to give you like a five to eight page short story uh, on dragons, would you be willing to maybe consider drawing that? We can publish it online, maybe put out a little self-published book or, you know, just work together. And if he goes, you will, you know, what's that all about? I say, oh, dragons. Okay, well, yeah. That's the only Canadian word I know is a boot. A boot. And you know A. A and Toronto. Toronto. Teach you a new one. Poutine. That, that sounds dirty. <laughs> it is a little dirty. 
cheesy too. Is it? Yeah. What's what's? You don't really don't know what poutine is? For real? Is it like? Wow, that's cool. Is that like the Canadian word for vagina? Sometimes. Does anybody know what poutine is? All right. Uh, it's it's thick cut fries, smothered in cheese curds and gravy. Trust me, it's, it's that's better than what I was thinking it was. It's out of Quebec. It's a it's a French. I would rather right? have that than the other thing any day. Wait, do y'all hear about the Caesar? Anybody know what a Caesar is? Uh, it's Canada's best kept secret. It's a Canadian drink, but anyways. So yeah. Poutine. Poutine. It's good. Let's go get some poutine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is really interesting. I never realized you looked at it like that. I've never yeah. thought of look at someone's art and then cater your stuff to that. Yeah, well, because again, because it's a partnership, it's a marriage. I mean, artists were not put on this earth for us as writers to, uh, for, to illustrate our stories. People that are artists get into this business for one reason. They want to get paid to make comics, which is exactly what those of us that write comics want. We want to get paid to write them. They want to get paid to draw them. And a lot of times as writers, we're like, oh, you know, we kind of egotistical. I mean, you have to be to, to write, you know, to put yourself out there. Um, but one of the things is that, so I, I would contact Jay, for example, and say, okay, so if I give you like a five to eight page dragon story, would you be able to draw it? And he'd say, yeah, I'll look at that, you know, show me what you got. What if I don't have a dragon story? I don't know anything about dragons. <laughs> like Godzilla, is he kind of like a dragon? I like Godzilla, you know. What do I do? Write a story about a dragon. What if I can't write a phenomenal one? Retro write a pretty good one. Or don't be afraid to walk away. This is something that I used to tell people always as writers. Our job as a writer is if someone says, write me a dragon story, it's like, you write a dragon story, biatch, you know, and make it a good one. Fine. And here's the key on any topic, you have to find what only you can say about that topic. That's one of the most important things as a writer. Everyone in here has a Batman story. I promise you, you do. And if you didn't, you will now, because I mentioned it. Like, I could do a Batman story. Everyone has a Spider-Man story. You might not even like Batman or Spider-Man, but they're an archetype. Batman is the guy that took, you know, a tragic situation and used it to improve himself to the pinnacle of human excellence. And he has a great rogues gallery. Every villain in Batman is like someone that had a bad day, but let it fall apart. That's a very common theme. It's a very archetypal theme. It'd be nice if I could use my bandana. Away, I'm, well, I'm sorry. Who would, you didn't expect you to really use it. Um, what? <laughs> now I, ooh, now I, I didn't smell expect this to blow up in my face. What the hell? <laughs> ICP, bitch. So, um, I hope there's no kids here, so I apologize. Um, Spider-Man. The archetype of Spider-Man. You all know the archetype of Spider-Man, right? He's the nerd that no one knows is really awesome. That's at its core what Spider-Man's about. You know, in the real world, like, you know, he has no friends. You know, his boss hates, his boss looks like Hitler and all this stuff. And he lives with his aunt and his parents are dead. And, but then he puts on that costume. He's flying, all, he's web-slinging all over the place. And he saves the world and stuff like that. They're archetypes. Going back to this example, if I've heard a dragon story, 
What can I alone, uniquely, individually say about dragons? How do I feel about dragons? Okay. Any story you approach as a writer should be a story only you can write or that you can write better than anybody else. There's a million great Batman stories out there. Scott Snyder right now, is, you know, the, the Joker stuff he's doing is just that. Death in the Family was just ridiculous. Because he made Joker really scary. And the Joker is a really scary character if you think about it. You know, and, and the list goes on and on and on. But what can you say about the topic? And I was doing a panel actually with Charles Soule who does um, every book on Earth right now. He like wrote uh, Death of Wolverine. He did a book called 27 Years Ago. He does all kinds of books. Uh, Letter 44, which is great. And he actually brought the point, he goes, yeah, but if you can't write a good story about that topic, don't do it. Because you only get one chance to make a good first impression. That's the other thing. Okay. So what I did was, how I started was being successful. This is, this is, the wrap up, this is just to wrap up my introduction to myself. <laughs> it all comes back. Is, is with Nightmare World, I wrote a series of eight-page stories. The other thing is, artists can commit pretty easily to eight pages. Five to eight pages. If the artist can't do five to eight pages, they, they don't want to do comics. I'm going to tell you the other thing, and then I want to bounce this over to you a little bit. Mm. The other general piece of advice I want to give you. When you're working, trying to work with artists, a lot of artists, like I said, we all want to make money off of this. And there'll be artists out there that want to charge you $100 a page. I get this question every time. Well, how much should I pay an artist? The question becomes of what, va what value do they bring? I would like to get $100 a page. I don't. Okay. I have, I think, 14 books out at this point. I've been published by Image, Devil's Due, Big Dog Inc., Caliber, uh, a short story with Xenoscope. I've been all over the place. I haven't done Marvel or DC, which is why a lot of people haven't heard of me because the major media outlets cover Marvel and DC. I have to fight like hell to get, you know, um, Tales of Mystery mentioned on Newsarama, because it's Devil's Due. Didn't they do, like, G.I. Joe, like, eight years ago? Yeah, now they're doing a crap ton of great creator-owned books. I promise you, if I was writing Spider-Man, I'd be on the front page of Newsarama tomorrow. And that's not bitter, I mean, that just because that's what they cover, because that's what, you know, people go to check out. But when you're approaching artists and things like that, everyone wants to make money at this. The question is going to be, what's the return investment? As a writer especially, you, you may not get paid for a long time, and you will spend money. If you want to start tabling at small conventions with your small self-published books, which is what I did, you will not make money. You will spend money. I didn't have an Xbox. I didn't have a PS3 or 4 or anything like that. My hobby was comics. And like I said, I got 14 graphic novels out now. But a lot of people will say, well, I don't have money. You know, I don't have money to pay artists. And like I said, I mean, if you got like an amazing artist who's like done stuff for Marvel and DC, that might be worth $100 a page to have them do a five-page story for you. Because people will notice. Oh, Mark Texiero drew your story? Whoa. If, if Johnny Appleseed drew it, whatever, you know, okay. You know. 
Everyone that comes to a show or everyone that goes to a shop, they have a certain amount of money to spend. And you gotta convince them to spend a little of that money on you. So y'all, that's why you have to have an idea that's unique. Something different. Nightmare World is uh, 13 eight-page stories in each book. And as you read all these individual eight-page stories, they all weave into one giant story. So over three volumes, you have 39 short stories that all weave into one big one. You'll never see another book like this. Now, if you like horror stuff, this will be your new favorite book. If you don't like horror stuff, I'm not going to try to convince you to buy this. You'd probably like it anyway, because it's really good. But, you know, I'm not going to, like, hard sell you and beat you up, you know. So, my, my point being on that, and then, Jay, I'll, I'll volley to you, and then we'll talk to you guys a little bit about specific things you want to know, is this. People will say, well, I don't have a lot of money to spend on my writing career. I don't have a lot of money to pay artists to do stuff. And, you know, like an up-and-coming artist, maybe it's like, you know, 20, 40 bucks a page. But still, for a short story, that's 200 pages alone, not to have it colored or lettered. And there's a lot who might be willing to do it for free, just to get their stuff out there. Yeah. And they, they very well might, and that might be okay. And, and yeah, I, I, and that's good, because they're hungry and they want to do it, and they see value in what you're doing. A lot of people say, well, I don't have the money. I don't have money to set up to buy a table at Motor City. Motor City is a great show because if you have money and you pay, you will get a table until they sell out. You can't go to New York and do that. New York, they jury the tables. C2E2, they jury the tables. And a lot of people, um, there's a technical term, butthurt. <laughs> a lot of people get butthurt. I didn't get into C2E2 this year. They have eight times as many people applying for a table as there is space. Earn it. Pay your dues. Which I'll, I'll bring up this money thing and then I'll bounce to you, I promise. Right, right. I, didn't, I didn't bring you just to look pretty and to, to spray Fago on you. I totally just wanted to spray Fago. They just wanted to get me You'll notice earlier, remember I mentioned the ICP and this okay. <laughs> But a lot of people say, I don't have money to do this. Is it that you don't have money? Or is it you're, you're choosing to spend the money you have in different ways? Do you have an Xbox? Do you have video games? Do you have, do you have the new... What's the new video game? I don't even know. What's, like, what's the, oh, the Castlevania? new... Castlevania? The new Castlevania. You know, I'm like, oh, I got the new Castlevania with like the deluxe boomerang and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, you have money. Where do you want to spend it? Feel like, well, I want to play the game when it's new. If you wait six months, it will be $1.99 at GameStop. And if you haven't played it yet, it's still new. You haven't played It's new to you, and there's probably a better version of it out right now anyway. Because then they release like the Game of the Year edition or whatever. Right you better start talking. I'm just going to keep ranting. Hey, all right. Um, so... Okay, here's my curiosity, because I'm, yeah. I'm not a writer. I've dabbled in writing, and writing can be a very fun hobby for anybody, even if mm -hmm. it's just to you know, stretch your brain muscles, get something on paper, whatever. My, if you can call it an art form, is podcasting. So my curiosity is, because we'll get into the Q&A, and if you guys have more writing-specific questions, absolutely, Dirk's here to answer. I'm a little curious about the balance, because, Ooh. I mean, when you, what, you did... Uh, 
37 cons in one year at one point? Yeah, last year I did 37 convention appearances. So I have... 20, 24 yeah. of them in 18 weeks. It's unbelievable. So I have a family, I have a job, mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. also have the passionate hobby of podcasting. Right. And one of the most important things is finding balance in your life. How mm -hmm. much do you put into mm -hmm. each of these areas that are important to you? Yeah. And, uh, you know, if anybody follows Dirk on social media, they'll see that he's a trooper. He's in the trenches, he's moving, he's digging, and he's, odds are he's going to pop up somewhere near you. It's like a bad penny. Yeah. But I know, you, you know, you've, obviously you've got your family and your life and everything. Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. do you find not just the balance between family and life, but actually doing the work? Like like finding the time to sit down for a stretch period to actually write that shit down to be able right. to build your brand and all that stuff. A lot of people will tell you when you're writing, you got to write every day. You ever heard that? Are there any kids here? She knows the words here. Plug his ears for a second. Bullshit. <laughs> I warned you. All right, we're good. I'm sorry. That's a Canadian word for that's garbage. Um, like poussoué or whatever it is. Poutine, man. Poutine. Poutang? Poutang. Well, with a French uh, accent, you would be eating poutang. Oh, Jesus. So, no, uh, I, listen. When I go to write, I don't sit down to write for like an hour. I'm just getting started, man. You know, it's like, you know, I'll be like, we'll write every day. I'll budget out a certain amount of time, usually every week. And like, for example, say like Saturday. Saturday, maybe my folks want to take me out to dinner or do the birthday, whatever. Someone wants to go do something. I'm like, all right, dinner's at six o'clock. All right, unplug your internet cable. You will live without it. Turn off your phone. It's okay. And my time from when I wake up till 6 o'clock on Saturday is my writing time. And I write. Now, here's the thing. All week I'm thinking about it. Oh, oh man, you know, I, I want to go write, you know, something. Like that. that way, when I get to that keyboard, I attack it. Like, literally, the letters are worn off all my keys. Like, I have, like, a Dirk Manning keyboard. No one else can use it because you know what the keys are. You know, it's like, you're like, what is this? It's like blank. Do you keep notes, though, until you get to that point? A lot of times I do. I'll keep notes. You I'll... don't want to forget good ideas, right? If it's good, I won't forget. All right, cool. You know, the cream rises to the top. Now, sometimes, like, there's, like, a scene or a note or, like, a line, a dialogue. Yeah. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> and I write that down or text it to myself. Um... Posty notes, like, you know, like, you go into, like, my, my office, and it's, like, um, those serial killer movies. Like, there's, like, a big bulletin board String. with, like, all these posty notes <laughs> and, like, news articles and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, I schedule out time by the week. And, like, this week, okay, I'm coming here. I, I know I'm going to be at Motor City all weekend. So I might not, you know, if I want to get some writing done, I might have to block out, like, a Tuesday night. And that means I don't get to watch TV that night. I don't get to play... Castlevania or whatever, you know. But do it that way. Don't beat your... And a lot of people, the reason I don't like the write every day advice is a lot of us, we work jobs. When I started Nightmare World, I was working two jobs. I had the job to pay my bills and I had the job to pay for my comic cabin. To pay, you know, to go pay to set up a table, to pay to print books, to pay people to work with me. You know, and that second job was not glamorous. It was not fun. 
but I worked two jobs and still put out, you know, uh, four graphic novels worth of material. The first three were picked up by Image Comics. They went on to do this series called The Walking Dead. You may have heard of it, you know, but I had the work done. So don't, because what happens is a lot of people, they say, well, you got to write every day. And then we beat ourselves up because we don't have time to write every day and make, like, like, like there's some magical spell. How do people like Dirk Manning do it? He does 37 shows in a year and he puts out at least one or two books a year. No. I carve out time and that's my time. I turn off my phone to help myself. I unplug my internet and just go. I get up and, and some days I'll get up at, you know, 7, 8, 9 in the morning, whatever, 10 o'clock, whatever. And sometimes I'm sitting in my office like this. I'll do a, I'll do a high-tech recreation. <laughs> no, that sucks. <laughs> you know. But I block out the time, and I'm thinking about it all week. It's like an operating system. You know, if you're a writer, you ever have like that back of your brains always stewing and ideas? Where do we, and I don't know, most of us get our ideas in the shower. Do you know why? There's no other sensory input. It's quiet. You're by yourself. You're relaxing. You got the water and stuff like that. And, it's, and that's why I bring up unplugging all of your technological crap when you block out writing time. Ooh, someone liked me. Ooh, someone poked me. Ooh. Did anyone look at my Instagram picture, my hot dog, my poussoir, or whatever it was? You know. So, no. Unplug it. It's poussoir. It's close enough. All right. It's saucy, right? Yeah, it's, it's gravy. Yeah, it's gravy-like. Some, get some saucy poussoir later, man. It's going to be awesome. So Saucy poussoir. <laughs> that's got to be a story wrapped around that. How do you... Okay, you start out, right? And obviously, in the beginning, you need your ID, idea, you start writing, and you're doing the actual work. When in the process did you feel comfortable with starting to build the brand? Because obviously you need oh, something yeah, to build the brand off of. So what was that process like? When you go around Artist Alley, you see all the artists and they have the big banners behind them, right? As a writer, what's, our, what's, what's my brand? I write stuff. It's pretty good. I'm a huge Alan Moore fan. Alan Moore? Right on. Yeah, good old, give you an angry Alan Moore, you know. Before I wrote comics, I did music journalism for, for years. And bands, the best bands, are very good at building a brand around themselves. Say what you will of ICP. When I say ICP, you, you think of something, right? When I say Marilyn Manson, you think of something. When I say Limp Biscuit, you think of something, unless you're really gross, you think of something totally different. <laughs> but don't think about that. So, I'll tell you about that later. Uh, it's gross. But if someone offers you a cracker, don't eat it. All right. So, Gorilla Biscuit? Yeah. So, that's not a saucy poussoir. Yeah. So, um, writers, the best writers have a brand too, like uh, Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis is not a guy that goes out of a way to brand himself, but you can play bingo on the things that Garth Ennis will put in any story. A war veteran, 
anti-religious humor, a deformed villain, a theme of honor and loyalty, and a kick-ass girl. Bingo! Every, oh, and some sap that everything bad in the world happens to. Every Garth Ennis story has that. Every single one. That's kind of his brand. Alan Moore's got the big bushy beard. And Alan Moore actually said, he, he talked about the fact that, you know, you'll see the picture of Alan Moore and he's like, and he's got the big beard and the eyes. He even admitted, oh, I totally did that on purpose. I want people to know who I am. And Grant Morrison, you know, the shaved head and the white suits and all crazy. Al Al Alan Moore light. I said it. You know, what was my brand going to be? And what ended up happening was, is I realized I want something that people can use to identify who I am and what I do. But I don't want my brand as a writer to be tied to any one particular book. Nightmare World's great. This is awesome stuff. Some of it's funny, some of it's scary, some of it's romantic. But I'm not going to do this forever. I did three. We're recording. I won't say whether or not the fourth one's going to be coming out. Next Halloween. Yes. But I'm not going to put that on. Uh, I'm not going to say if or when. But even if, say, the fourth and last Nightmare World book comes out. Next Halloween. Then, um, then what? I'm going to be doing shows a long time. I don't want to just be the Nightmare World guy. I love doing the right or wrong column and putting out these books to help people create comics. I don't want to just be the right or wrong guy. Tales of Mystery, holy crap. If I had to write one comic series forever, it would be this. Magician that fights monsters and it's really dark. And, I mean, and that trope's been done a million times. So I can't even tell people it's about a magician that fights monsters. Like Hellboy, like the goon, like Doctor Strange, like Constantine, Constantine. Who, like Hellblazer, because Constantine and Hellblazer are two different things. You know, on and on it goes, no. This is a very, I mean, you're right, a different, different type of book. Absolutely. Okay. But I didn't want my brand tied to mystery. So what I did, and some people love this idea, and some people hate it, some editors think it's hilarious, some can't stand it, was I created the, brain, the, 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 the kind of the gag publicity photo of the guy, this guy, the, the, the hat and the glasses. You ever go on social media, anyway, you'll see this. You'll see a banner with that on there. You'll never see a picture of Dirk taken where you can see below here. It's because I'm ugly, you know. But well, we assumed. But that, yeah, but, but we thought well, I had a little right, like tentacles. People think I have like you know like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what was funny was so I needed a publicity photo for Nightmare World, and I said, you know, I, what am I gonna do? I'd like to have like a logo or something. And my my buddy said, I've got just the idea. And he pitched me this idea of like the hat and the scarf and stuff. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and he goes, what else do you think people would uh, assume Dirk Manning looks like after they read your work? I'm like, that's brilliant. And some people hate it. I've had editors like, well, like why, why you always got the little, little guy in the hat and the glasses? Like, because you'll always know what it is. And it does not, I don't walk around conventions with a hat and a scarf on, all right? Someone's always disappointed, which is how the thing with the picture started. Because people would like come to take it, like, oh, can I get, you know, get a book sign? Can I get a picture with you? I'm like, yeah, right down. I hope I don't break your camera. And they're like, well, well, you know, yeah, but you got to like cover your face. I'm like, I didn't really think I'd break your camera. I'm like, well, no, because no one knows what Dirk Manning looks like. He's got the scarf. So we started doing the pictures like this. Okay. That became my, my brand. And the most surreal moment of my life. <laughs> God, so. I'm home by myself and I get a package delivered. 
literally, that was not a euphemism. And it's this big, long box. And I go, and I open it up, and I take out this big thing, and I go... And it's a six-foot banner with this picture on it. The Dirk Manning hat and scarf and glasses. And I'm looking at it, and I thought, this is my life now. <laughs> I'm the guy with the hat and the glasses and the scarf that writes scary comics and other stuff. But then I went to do the right or wrong column. That's just, I use that for my publicity photo for everything. And with God as my witness, about three months ago, there's a comic shop down in, uh, by Columbus, Ohio. I'm sorry, I should mention Columbus in Michigan. Hey, down in Ohio somewhere. <laughs> I want to be able to get, get out of here in one piece. They, they're, they're, they're Pack Rat Comics, they're great people, some of my dearest. They, they were the first shop that ever had me in for a signing when I was doing self-publishing. They made shirts. And I thought it was a joke. Like, ha-ha, Dirk Manning shirt. People started buying them. They have sold these stupid-ass T-shirts. I shouldn't put down my own product, but... California to New York to Mexico. There is a medium-sized Mexican that wears a Dirk Manning t-shirt. I have never been to Mexico. But it's a brand. And it's a logo. But you got to have something to put behind your brand as well. You know, I didn't start using this till I had, you know, books out. So, yeah. And, and the other thing about your brand, you all have some sort of social media, right? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Tumblr, Two Girls, One Cup, Tinder, something. If you know what that is, you're gross. Be very selective on how you manage your social media. My social media is about my work. It's not about, had a bad day today, stepped in some dog poop, whatever, my boss sucks. If, yeah, 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 booty, I, I, you know, I finally got some poussoir and it was great, you know, whatever. <laughs> it was saucy. Uh, what it's, is, uh, sorry, what's the name of, uh, specifically on Facebook, uh, what's the name of it again, the group? Oh, no. What's the group's name? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go ahead, come on, say it. No. There, there is an actual support group on Facebook of the, for of my, of the, my friends of, and fans of, and readers. A, a, yeah, like... That's part of the whole thing. Uh, it's part, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a group of readers formed a Facebook group called the Friends or Fiends of Dirk Manning, because, like, in Friends, the R's in parentheses. And it was originally called the Dirk Manning Support Group, because I write <laughs> horror stuff, you know, and it's like, oh, man, you know. But, um, yeah, an actual Facebook group started about my work. And I'm like, are you kidding? I got an invitation to it. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, why are you all talking about me? What is this? What's going on? You know, but now, mind you, that was after 10 years and after about 11 or 12 books. And, and a bunch of readers and, and friends of mine got together and started talking about the work and stuff and, and things like that. Um, but here's the key. If you don't remember anything else I've told you today, remember this. Do not use social media to fulfill your pathological need for attention. Okay. Use social media to build your brand. I've had people say, Dirk, you never talk about your personal life on social media. Yeah, I know. Really? Holy shit. I never noticed that. 
Yeah. You know, it's about awareness. If an editor Googles me, I want them to see, he wrote Nightmare World. He did right or wrong. People are selling shirts of him. <laughs> There's like a Facebook group. Here's his website. Here's my tour schedule. Oh my God, he did 37 shows last year. He's doing 20 of them this year. Holy God. I've seen people that fall into the trap of chasing likes. Chasing hits. Don't do that. It's not real. It's not real. And this is especially important for our teenagers. Okay. The shit's not real, man. Um, so I was at a Christmas party and a cousin of mine, younger, was scrolling through Instagram and like with one hand, she was like, scroll click, scroll click, scroll click, scroll click, scroll click, like, like, like trying to light a lighter. Like, and one, I'm just thinking her thumbs, she's gonna have like the worst, you know, arthritis ever. I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm going through Instagram and I do have an Instagram, but my rule is no food, no dinner and no selfies. So it's at Dirk Manning. Everything's at Dirk Manning, all one word. But I'm like, what, what are you doing? And she, I'm going through Instagram, and I'm going, well, you're not even looking at it. And she goes, well, no, I'm liking it. And I said, but you're not really looking at the pictures. And she went on to explain, she has to periodically go through Instagram, like everything that everyone posts, or they'll think, her friends will think that they don't like her. That's silly. That's the kids right now. And if you can tell me that you have not, that you have, if you can tell me you've never posted something online just to hope that people will like it and notice you, you're lying. Ooh, I want this picture this way. Or whatever, you know. Guys do it too. I use social media to talk about the things I like. Heavy metal horror comics, Cthulhu, and stuff that I just find interesting or inspirational, and my work. When you look up Dirk Manning online, my brand is my work. He likes ice cream. I just had ice cream before I came in here. It was so good. It was the best $3 I spent all day. What flavor that? Twist. Twist. You know, some chocolate and some vanilla. You know, it's, like, you it's like the yin and yang of ice cream. <laughs> um, Sorry, you had a good one the other day. I saw you were in the, into the mint chip. Mint chocolate chip. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Because I talk all day, too. That's the key, you know. So, But, yeah, I mean, make sure your brand and what you put online is about your work. Talk about your work. Okay. If you want to set up, like, a private page for, like, your family or whatever, I mean, to talk about your friends or your babies or your kids, whatever, I mean, do that. But if I'm interested in you, I'm going to Google you. Literally, not a euphemism. I want stuff to come up to tell me what you're about, or a boot. Okay, so. <laughs> uh, I think we should get into some questions. Does yeah. anybody have anything they'd like to know? Yes. When you write your comics, do you write in a story format or in a script format? Okay. When so, I write, when I write, oh, go ahead. So I'm a moderator now. You can do. That. <laughs> uh, go ahead, man. What's asking here okay, is you write, when you write, do you write in script format or mm -hmm. line by line, bullet notes? What's your process? Yes. Yeah. There's two main ways to write a comic script. One is uh, what they call Marvel style. Marvel style is, as you said, this is the story. Now you'd have the artist break it into panels and things like that. 
And I actually talk about this a lot in the, in the book. There's some examples of this. I write in what's called a full script. Page one, panel one. This is kind of what I see going on, blah, 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 blah. Character X says this, character Y says this. Panel two. Okay, now we're shifting over here. Maybe do like a downshot angle, three-fourths. It's a lot more work, but I like to see the story as a comic of how it's going to work. I then give it to the artist, and they do what they want with it. Because here's how I see the story. But artists are much more visually inclined than I am. Okay. So they'll see it a better way. Uh, they, we, just did, we just wrapped up this mini-series of Tales of Mystery, Carmageddon. It's the second installment of the Tales of Mystery series. Totally self-contained if you'd like to come to my table. F21. And come pick it up. The whole book, four issues... Um, I had uh, the artist, Seth DeMoose, who's right next to me at table F21. So you can actually get us both to sign them. Just saying. Then I can afford some poussoir. But <laughs> um, we changed, we changed, I had him change one panel. Okay. Because he thumbnailed it out first, you know. But I also trust him as an artist. So I like to write a full script because when you're writing a comic, if you, if you are going to write a comic, you should be tell, writing it as a comic because it can best be told as a comic story. A lot of people get into comics. Why do you want to get into comics? So I can write a movie. I've written short film. I've written a, a short film that was published, that was produced. If you ever go to YouTube, um, uh, a horror channel called Black Box TV. I wrote a script for a short film called The Hunger. Writing a, a movie script is totally different than comics. Because in movies, there's two things. One, the pictures move. Comics, you're telling a story in still images. Now let's go back to what I said a minute ago. Let's say you're going to do an eight-page story. You should have probably no more than five panels per page. That means you've got to tell a complete, total story in 40 pictures. Beginning, middle, and end. 40 still images to tell a story. I like to be able to break that down, and I love the comic book medium for that reason. Because it's such a unique, dynamic way to tell stories. Some people like the Marvel style. I'm not as big on it. I like more panel by panel. I talk about that a lot more in the book, but I, I like to do full script. Break it down, but then give the artist the luxury. If you want to combine these two panels, you want to break it out, we'll talk about it. You're the artist. You see it visually better than I do. And you can talk to Seth the Moose. I'm at table F21. I don't know if I mentioned that. F21, F21. I, haven't, I don't have I any think cool you but And he can tell you a little bit more about that as well, how we work. But I, I go panel by panel. Anyone else? Yeah. Outside of your own, what references would you recommend? Uh, pick your favorite. Who asked this, by the way? The girl right there. Okay, hi. Okay, just so I know I'm talking to. All right. Um, Alan Moore did a, a very short book on script writing. It's very good. Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud is crucial. Um, but here's what I would do. Do you have, like, a favorite graphic novel? Okay. 
Take your favorite graphic novel, take your favorite scene of a couple pages, and reverse engineer it. Write this, practice writing the script for it. That make sense? Like, okay, like here, here's the page, and this, any of you can do this. Take like the page of a, of a comic, like, uh, okay, this page right here. The first panel, it's five panels. The first panel, you got a guy and a girl, looks like they're walking through the woods. The girl looks like, yeah, they're both kind of staggering around a little bit. Maybe they're drunk or something. How would you write that page? And that is one of the best tools you can do. Take comic scenes that you like and write it. How would you write it as a script? That'll give you a lot of practice as well. The reference books, understanding comics. Alan Moore did a really great short little tiny book on script writing that was fascinating. I won't mention Right or Wrong, A Writer's Guide to Creating Comics because you said not to mention my own. And I would never do that. Um, and, and take your favorite comics and reverse engineer them. Those are probably your, uh, the best ones. Anyone else? Yeah. Are there any artists where do you find artists? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place where a bunch of comic artists gathered together with other creators? No, I'm <laughs> uh, comic conventions are, see, that's why I get to be a smart ass. Uh, comic conventions are really good. Go online. I talk about several places in the, in the book. Uh, digital webbing is a great online resource. They have forums for comic book artists on there, things like that. DeviantArt. Uh, DeviantArt is kind of like the Wild West. You have to dig around in there. Uh, DeviantArt, digital webbing. Um, your local comic shop, don't be afraid to post something on there. There's a lot of different Facebook groups you can go to. Twitter's huge for it. Like uh, if anyone was here for the podcasting panel, that's the number one way to get your podcast out there and to meet other people is Twitter, period. Right. Yeah. Uh, Facebook has a lot of good groups. But I found the most success at like Digital Webbing, Pencil Jack, DeviantArt. I think I mentioned one more in the book. I don't remember what it is. Uh, those are the big ones. Your local comic shop, your local college. But here's the key. When you're looking for an artist, find someone that's drawing comic book pages, not pinups. A pinup artist will never draw your story. Ever. They'll tell you, if they love your story, like, oh, dude, I totally would like to draw this. And they mean it. But drawing a pinup is a whole separate skill set. Drawing a pinup can sometimes take between 10, 10 hours. And if you get a pinup artist to try to draw your comic, they're going to try to draw each panel. And they're going to spend about 10 hours on it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to draw about two panels. And they're going to say, this sucks, I'm done. But you gotta look for people that are drawing comics. And comic conventions are a really nice one. Look at the people in Artist Alley. Neil Adams isn't gonna draw your comic. George Perez, and I'm not, I mean, you know, George Perez is not gonna draw your comic. Look at the people that are out there that are self publishing their own little books and zines and things like that. Hmm. Absolutely. And then find out what they like to draw and see if you can work on something small together, dating. Uh, so those are the big ones. I mean, I was like go joking around about, you know, hey, go to a comic show. But no, uh, digital webbing, DeviantArt, Pencil Jack. There's one more. Those are the big ones. And just Google comic book artists, but make sure you're finding people that are drawing comics. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook. All right. Does that help out a little bit?
I think so. so I think we got one more right here, yeah. Good question. <laughs> yeah. You want to repeat the question? You're the moderator. Would you like to? Uh, would do you, you think mind? that? Would, would that be okay? So everyone could hear that. Do you think that uh, starting out with a web comic uh, is a good practice uh, to get into? You know. Started as a web comic. Started as an, a web, I, I say an online comic. Web comic sounds kind of chintzy. Um, start <laughs> publishing. Sorry, it's I, I, the I difference just, between online and web. I, uh, because web comics oftentimes are these little 8-bit pixel things. Okay, that, I see what you're you know, saying. Right on, I do, right. I do, I, I, and what I tell people is I publish my comics online. Digital comics. Digitally. Yeah. And now, like, you got comicsology and stuff like that, which is amazing. Yeah, start publishing your work online. Now, here's the thing. Just because you publish a comic online does not mean all these people are going to flock to it. But publish your work online, have a, buy a domain name, publishing online is crucial. You can then submit it to Comixology and get your work out there that way. And you can also do print on demand. Kablam, CreateSpace, or Amazon for black and white. But publishing your work online is great. It shows you're serious. You can go to other artists you meet at cons or online. Here's samples of some of my work already. Publishing online is absolutely absolutely amazing, great. And there's a great app you can use, Comicspress. It's a division of WordPress, like bloggers use, Comicpress, and it's all about, it'll help you publish comic pages online. Right on. Okay, um, if anybody wants to get a little more in-depth to all these things Dirk's talking about, you can go, shameless plug, to www.anelegantweapon.ca and there's been a few where Dirk has just been on it, like cons and stuff, but there was one mm -hmm. episode where we actually sat down over right. Skype and we got pretty deep into your influences mm -hmm. and how you started. And it, it's a little more personal outlook on Dirk rather than just kind of the whole industry. So please check that out. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm online at. And yeah, where are you? Where can www.dirkmanning.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, no Tinder, don't bother. At Dirk Manning, I'm at table F21. I'm going to head over there. I'll be there in about 10 minutes. If you guys will come chat, check out the books, check out Right or Wrong. Uh, I'll tell you this in closing. There's two things you got to ask yourself. If you really want to make comics, there's two questions. What do you want? And what are you willing to do to get it? Are you willing to get up the, give up video games? Are you willing to block out time every week? Are you willing to pay to come to shows like Motor City and set up a table? Are you willing to pay artists? Are you willing to not go to the bar so you have money to pay artists? Are you willing to get a second job to pay for your comics? What do you want? What are you willing to do to get it? I appreciate you all coming out. I'll be at table F21. Thank you very much for your time. Dirk Manning, everybody. And Jay Thank Clark you from Elegant Weapon. Right on, man. I'm sorry I exploded on you. That's no problem. And thank you for your push. No thank you for letting me wake up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. F21. I'll be at F21 in a few minutes.